Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. gives us three, three groups here, brothers, strangers, and prisoners. Brothers meaning, right, members of our immediate family. You and I don't attend Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. We are Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. You and I are the church. We don't attend church. The word church, by the way, some people don't know this. It, it just means gathering, a group of people. It refers to, to people who, who gather themselves together. You may have heard it many times, but it's still easy to get caught up in thinking of the building as the church, when in reality, you and I, the followers of Christ, are the church. As Pastor Robert reminds us in today's message, we have a responsibility to each other to love and care for each other, no matter where we are. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. The letter to the Hebrews begins to draw to a conclusion today, you know, with a, a, a few... Um, final exhortations, and uh, we're going to consider the first three of them this morning, all of which pertain to the one issue that Jesus said was most important to God, the primary priority, if you will, for us as uh, members of the body of Christ and and, uh, the family of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 with me. He says, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. So this closing chapter here, and and, remember that we call it the letter of the Hebrews because that's the way it was written, it was, it was written as a letter to a group of Hebrew followers of Jesus. And as he's bringing it to a conclusion, his focus is on love. That's what Jesus said was God's priority, that we would love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, with everything we are, everything we have, and that we would love one another. Jesus said, I'm only giving you one commandment, that you would love others as I've loved you. And in this passage now, this focus on love gives us three groups of people that we need to be concerned with. It's not like it's, you know, nobody else, don't worry about anybody else, but these three. But it, it gives us three, three groups here, brothers, strangers, and prisoners. Brothers meaning, right, members of our immediate family, 
you and I don't attend Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. We are Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. You and I are the church. We don't attend church. The word church, by the way, some people don't know this. It, it just means gathering, a group of people. It refers to, to people who, who gather themselves together. God gave to us this incredible privilege and responsibility, family. So he says you need to be aware of them. But also then, he says, entertain strangers. Not, he's not talking about in the sense of entertainment. You know, you know what I mean? What he's talking about is hospitality. He's talking about the fact that you and I have a duty even to those we don't know. But it's a reference to people. First and foremost, it's a reference to those who are a part of our family, meaning that the Holy Spirit of the living God has moved in. They, they have opened their hearts to their father and received his, his forgiveness and you know, his redemption and his life therefore has been imparted to them. The, the Holy Spirit moved in, set up residence within them. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never met them, but they're family. Maybe they're part of another church here in the Miami area. Maybe they're part of a you know, church halfway around the world, but, and, and you're never going to meet them on this side of heaven, but they're still part of the families. The idea, if you do encounter them, you have a responsibility to be good to them. And then prisoners. Now, the reference there is not just, uh, it's not primarily talking about, you know, people who are in jail because they robbed a store or, you know, whatever. It's a reference to those who, because of their faith, in the Lord Jesus, again, family members in Christ who are now suffering because of their faith in Christ. That's the primary reference. But verse one says, let brotherly love continue. And, and I was thinking about this, you know, we've allowed our culture to so completely redefine the concept of love that it's necessary to really take a look at it and reflect on what God means when he uses the word. What is he talking about? What is God talking about when he says brotherly love? Many of you already know that the word that's translated here, brotherly love, the Greek word is the word Philadelphia. That's why, you know, you hear people talking about the city of brotherly love. That's what the word means. It means kindness between brothers, kindness between brothers. It involves affection, usually, not always, right? But it's not centered in emotion. It's more than emotion, you know? I think the Apostle Paul kind of breaks it down for us in his letter to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible exhorts us, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. See, I think that's brotherly love. Let me go back and paraphrase it for you just a little bit. What he's telling us is you need to follow the example that the Son of God gave to us. God became a man. He didn't have to do that. It wasn't really in his personal best interest necessarily to come and become a baby, a human infant, or, or to go through human childhood, adolescence. I mean, how many of you would want to go back and be a 13-year-old again? 
right? I wouldn't. I don't want to go through that ever again. 13, 14, 15 years old, no thank you. He willingly did this. Humbled himself. Became like one of us. A brother to us. Putting our interests above his own personal interests when he left the throne in heaven to come to earth. See, that, that's it's interesting to me. You know, as I was thinking about this, God Almighty chose to become one of us. And in doing so, he didn't make it about himself. Sometimes the way I joke with you guys, you know, he got over himself. You and I need to get over ourselves. Now, uh, that could be borderline blasphemy. I'm not saying he had something to get over, okay? Don't hear what I'm not saying, right? What I am saying is that he chose your interests first above his own. So for us to do that, for us to follow that example, we got to get over ourselves. Stop making it about me. Stop making it about ourselves. And instead, make it about them, him. Do you see that? Do you understand? Making it about our Father, making it about those He loves and, and wants us to reach. That, verse 29 of Romans chapter 8 says, For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son, so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. What is that talking about? Man, there's so much wrapped up in it. Calling you and me brothers, sisters, implied to the Son of God, firstborn among many brethren. I think it also implies even in terms of ministry, in, in terms of responsibility, in terms of what he wants us doing. But he made it clear later on that that's the case. Like I said, you know, it wasn't in his personal best interest to come and be a baby, go through childhood, adolescence, and and then imagine living as a Jew under Roman domination 2,000 years ago. It was no joke. And, and he put himself there. He sold himself into slavery, in a sense. And it definitely wasn't in his best interest to allow himself to be rejected by human beings, rejected by people, humiliated and, and tortured and ultimately executed. chase after so much in this world, the best job, the perfect family, the prestige and fame that we think will satisfy. But will it ever be enough? These worldly achievements may seem like exactly what we want, but in the end, we can't take them with us to heaven. These things can also become idols in our lives, becoming more important than our Savior. As we've studied the book of Hebrews, we've been warned that nothing should take the place of Jesus in our lives. Nothing else and no one else will give us lasting satisfaction. Our lives should focus first on the Savior, allowing Him to direct our steps in all things. We are so glad you tuned in today to Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast and download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. Come and follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. 
Find links to our accounts at our website, MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Hebrews, right here on Main Thing Radio. Main Thing Radio.